So I'm going to invite our chime to sing and we can fully arrive to this beautiful practice. I want to let everyone know that this meditation and this Dharma offering are recorded during the community share time. Um, I turn off the recorder. Uh, That all gets edited out. So your privacy and confidence are held reverently. And I'd like to begin our practice today by setting the intention for our meeting. Welcome everyone. This is Recovery Dharma. My name is Julia and this is a little painted card that I make. Um, I really, I really want to be a painter, but this is as good as it gets. (laughs) Kind of doodling with a bunch of colors. But I write sentiments of metta. Metta is loving kindness on the back. And this one reads, may you feel safe and secure. May you feel safe and secure. Welcome everyone. I invite you to take a deep breath as we settle into our practice today of meditation. And I'd like you to take a moment, especially if you're new to Recovery Dharma, and just allow your mind to entertain thoughts about what meditation is to you. And then I'd like you to just make space in your mind and in your heart to allow meditation to be this, to come into a beautiful sanctuary and a beautiful community, a sangha of wise friends, people practicing. Meditation as a tool to learn how to breathe, to learn how to sit nobly or lie down with gentleness Surrendering the body to being held by the earth. Meditation as a tool and an opportunity to arrive in this moment exactly as you are. And that might include any judgments you're harboring toward yourself, any fear or anxiety that you're carrying around with you, and letting all of that be here. Maybe you're holding some sorrow. Maybe you're holding some elation and joy. Invite all of it to be as it is. Hold it here in this space and breathe. Bring your attention to the way you breathe. Notice your belly rising and falling. Notice if your body, as you continue to hear me talk, is starting to feel a little relaxed, maybe even a little sleepy. And give yourself permission to lie down. If you're driving, please don't do that. (laughs) Pull over. Allow the body to rest, and let me tell you why. For many of us on the journey of recovery, 
the body has been something, an entity that has been neglected, (gasps) perhaps even rejected, misused, and on occasion abused. We have used substances, many of us, to soothe difficult feelings and memories to the point that the substances become damaging and harming to the body and we can't use them anymore. And so we're left with memories and feelings alive in the body, alive in our thoughts, And it's uncomfortable and difficult, and we don't feel like we can do it. We don't feel like we can sit present to that discomfort, but you already are. It's amazing the capacity of the human spirit to be resilient, tenacious, patient, and present. And that is what we're talking about for the month of August, is the cultivation of presence sorry, the cultivation of patience. And presence is one of the most challenging um, aspects to the qualities of patience. We don't like to be present as we are. We're either in the past or we're tripping out in the future. Being present is uncomfortable. But you can do it. You have the resilience, you have the wisdom, you have the patience, you have the capacity. If only for a moment, and a moment is enough. Let's breathe, friends. Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in the awareness of discomfort for whatever reason, maybe physical pain, maybe emotional discomfort. Breathe, be present to it. You can be. Exhale deeply I think one of the most annoying realities to a spiritual life is that those aspects of life that challenge us the most and often stir up the most discomfort are often the places, the, the most fertile soil for growth. I can't tell you how many years I resisted that truth. I to this day, I can't stand that that's true. I hate that I grow from my discomfort, and I do every time. It's so annoying. 
I just want to be able to grow really beautifully when the conditions are perfect and easy and light and breezy. And I do. I grow in those conditions too. I just hate that I have to grow in the storms because I'd rather hide from those. But it doesn't work that way, friends. And the journey of recovering our true selves is to explore the conditions, the conditions of the storms and the conditions of the bright breezy days and look at how both inform the ways we grow and mature and heal our habit energy that causes harm to ourselves and others. So I'd like to share with you a story. It's one of my favorites that describes patience when working with difficult feelings and challenging conditions, especially when we're encountering other people who are really challenging us. Long, long ago, in a Buddhist monastery somewhere in the world, there was a monk (coughs) who was a complete ass. Oh, my God. This guy was a pain in everybody's ass. He was rude. He was annoying. He had an obnoxious voice. He burped during meditation. He was that guy. He was that guy. The abbot of this monastery, the the leader of this monastery, never seemed bothered by this dude. Everybody else did. Everybody else complained. And they complained to the chain of command. So the abbot had an advisor, and the advisor was the one that sort of filtered all of the complaints. And the advisor regularly went to the abbot and said, look, we got to do something about this guy. He is just pissing everybody off. He just makes the environment so uncomfortable. He's really challenging testing everybody's spirits, testing everybody's patience, and the abbot smiled and was often known to say, that's good. Ugh. So hard. Well, one day, uh, some of the fellow monks kind of ganged up on this one rude monk and made it really uncomfortable for him. And this rude monk, in a heat of anger, said, That's it. I'm out of here. Fine. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go do my own thing. And people were like, Cool. Fine. Go. So the monk left. And everybody cheered. Everybody was so happy. It's like, Yes! He's gone! Woohoo! And so the abbot was walking through the crowds of monks, and they no- he noticed the celebration going on. 
And he asked his, ad his advisor, what's going on? What are they celebrating? What's up? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, pain in the ass dude monk left. And the abbot was like, what? No. And he took off running out of the monastery down the lane. And everybody was shocked, like, wait, what? Why is the abbot going after this guy? We're finally rid of him. We're so happy. A couple days go by, and the abbot is seen strolling up the lane back to the monastery with his arm around this monk. And everybody is sort of like, oh, he's coming back. Oh, no. He enters the monastery. The monk goes back to his room, goes back to working in the gardens, joins the groups with their meditations, is totally himself burping inappropriately, twitchy, rude, sometimes insensitive and inconsiderate. And everything goes back to the way it was. And the advisor finds a quiet moment with the abbot, with the leader, and says, with all due respect, can you please help me understand why this man is back. He's so difficult. He's so challenging. He really disrupts the peace and harmony of this place. And the abbot says, I know, I know. Don't tell anyone, but I pay him to stay here. It is so human to want to avoid discomfort, negativity. It doesn't feel good. And you know, that is the profound wisdom of the Buddha who recognized that being human means we are going to experience discomfort, dissatisfaction, disappointment, hurt, trauma even, pain, suffering. That's the first noble truth. The second noble truth that the Buddha was able to see so clearly is there are reasons for this. There are conditions for this. There are causes for this. Some of them external and some of them from ourselves. The way we react to life, the way we avoid life, the way we're constantly trying to control and curate a life of perfection, all of those things are conditions that actually add to our misery. But 
The third noble truth is there's a way to lessen it. There's a way to understand this. And that way is the fourth noble truth called the Noble Eightfold Path. And it is comprised of eight very large concepts that we work with, that we commit to. Wise understanding. Understand your feelings and you'll feel them a little less. You'll you'll neutralize them. If you understand your anger, your anger will become softer, easier. You understand your loving kindness, your love will open and soften and become less transactional. Wise intention. What is your motivation? What is your intention? What are your aspirations? Who do you want to be in this precious life? Take that to wise action. Take that into wise speech and wise effort. Take that into your whole life and add this into wise livelihood. Make every corner of your life an aspect of practice. Bring to it wise mindfulness and wise concentration. Dance this noble eightfold path. Open to your magnificence. Open to your Buddha nature. Peel away the layers of habit energy inhibiting you from seeing your brilliance, your beauty, your divinity. Come into this practice with patience and know above all things there is no such thing as practice makes perfect. It's nonsensical. Instead, we are here for practice making practice. This is the practice. And it requires safe, secure, noble patience. I'd like to end our meditation today with a mantra that has really helped serve me well when dealing with difficult people, 
difficult circumstances. It, it is a, a way of being real to what's happening. Um, many of you know that my, my daughter, when she was very young, had cancer. And I can't tell you how often I resented people trying to convince themselves that this terrible situation would lead to something really beautiful. Not that that isn't true. It is simply not the whole truth. And in the moments when my daughter was really ill, it was impossible for me to see anything good. And the reason is because nothing was good. And so I needed to create a situation in my mind that allowed this situation to not be good and have that be okay. Right beside that were things about my life that were good and it is okay too. So the two together were things that helped me create some patience, helped me stay real, and helped me not run away from the things that were really uncomfortable. So what I would say when I was breathing would be all kinds of variations of this. Breathing in, I hate this moment. Breathing out, I love this moment. Breathing in, this is really uncomfortable. Breathing out, I'm okay. Breathing in, I'm not okay. Breathing out, I am okay. Both coming together is truth. And having the courage to see reality for what it is, is a practice. It requires patience and vulnerability and bravery. But in the end, this is the beauty of recovering one's truest self. With that, let's end our practice with a dedication of merit. And today, I am simply going to chant uh, 
paying homage to the three jewels of Buddhism, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. This chant is very simple. It is one word, namo, before the word Buddha, before the word Dharma, before the word Sangha. Namo means with a wide open heart, I bow. And we will chant this three times. And then I'll end with the last line of Shantideva's beautiful prayer to the Bodhisattva. And taking, if you know this, you can join in. If not, just enjoy taking a deep breath in, breathing out. Namo Buddhaya, Namo Dharmaya, Namo Sangaya, Namo Buddhaya, Namo Dharmaya, Namo Sangaya, Namo Buddhaya, Namo Dharmaya, Namo Sangaya. For as long as there is suffering in the world, for as long as sentient beings exist, may I too exist to dispel the misery of the world. Thank you so much for your beautiful practice, friends. We'll see you next time. Namaste.